Just bring in the demonologist right now. One, yes. two, three. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> Be done. Because, ew. Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where we feel like something really, really bad is going to happen. I don't know. My name is Mary. I'm Josh, and I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Something is coming. In fact, Sarah is off in hiding, so something doesn't happen. There was too much foreshadowing for Sarah, so she had to hide. Yes. And I'm Melanie, and you know what? It is as bad as it seems, and they are out to get you. A hundred percent. Well, we've had an interesting week here. Yeah, we have. Yes. Um, Josh, did you see my midlife crisis purchase? I saw your midlife crisis purchase. What was that? Was that that convertible? uh Uh-huh. She bought a stereotypical midlife crisis car. (laughs) I bought a 2019 Ford Mustang GT Premium (laughs) convertible. Well, aren't you special? You bought a car. I I bought a cello for my first midlife crisis. So, I mean, I can't judge. Fast cars. I'm still still waiting for midlife because mentally I'm 21. Yeah, mentally, I I think, oh, my God. Yes, this weekend. Can I just tell you the most Mm -hmm. exciting thing that happened? So we have uh, where my cabin is in northern Michigan. We are around a little lake. And um, the weekend before Halloween every year, we have a little Halloween thing where we trick or treat. So it was last weekend, and it's a thing where kids can trick-or-treat for candy, and then adults trick-or-treat for shots. That's awesome. Ooh. Oh, my God. What a great idea. By the time you get around to the other side of the Whoa. lake, like you're toasted. And then my brother has a big Halloween party at his at his place. Um, so anyway, I was, I was there with Seth, and it was this woman I'd met once before, but like a while ago, and then she's like, oh, and you're Seth. And she said, and Seth, is this your daughter? <laughs> so I am never, I am a year older than Seth. <laughs> but he, he has that gray beard, right? Yeah, he has chops and it's really gray. Right, I know. And I just started laughing and I was just like, and I was like, I am never letting you forget this. Ever, ever. Uh-uh. <laughs> Poor Seth. I know. So you're that's his hilarious. you're his daughter that's a year older than him. Yeah. <laughs> I will take it. Okay. Thank you very much. I told her that we were best friends now. <laughs> oh. oh. So you, you, you made a purchase. You got told you were younger. And uh, I spent the weekend, very interestingly, in Salem, Massachusetts, with Omri Katz, Thora Birch, Vanessa Mar- uh, Shaw, and Jason Marsden, and Jason's girlfriend and Omri's girlfriend. And it was the It's Just a Bunch of Halloween weekend that we've been talking about, where the Hocus Pocus folks, can't call it Hocus Pocus because of the strike, they had a party at a place called the Bit Bar. And if you've never been to Salem in, in October and you like Halloween, you will be like a kid in a candy store up there. The cast came up there. It was their first time there in 30 years since they had made the movie. They went around to the filming locations on Sunday, but Friday night was a party at the Bit Bar, and there was a burlesque show. So everyone came in in costume. I dress as um, Billy Butcherson. I'll I'll throw up some pictures on our social media. 
And um, I had the pleasure of driving them all over Salem for most of the weekend, not Sunday because it was a private tour. Yeah, spending the weekend with uh, Armory Katz. And I posted an interview that he did with Jason Marsden on our social media for uh, Channel 25 in Boston. And there was a little Dallas reference in the interview, too. So if you haven't seen it, check that out. Uh, But yeah, it was quite the blast. And they'll probably be back there next year as well. And while we're on the subject, I want to thank the Horror Squad podcast, Joe and Steve, who run that. And Joe's girlfriend, Sam Stair, who really spearheaded the uh, effort to put that on with Jason Marsden. And we're probably going to do, uh, I know I've thrown out the idea of Mary and I possibly, because Mary loves horror movies and such. I do. About doing a joint podcast, just getting to know each other and that sort of thing and cross-promoting each other. And um, maybe we'll have a table on the Salem Common next year. So I, need Dallas, I know Amy Harrow was there. She came up with her husband. Oh, cool. And... Uh, Magic's happening. She ma- a woman makes candles. She came up from New Jersey last year and had a booth at the Common. And she had me bring Omri a black flame candle that she had and have him take a picture with it. And she used it for social media. And it actually gave her the confidence now to approach celebrities with her candles. And she's done over 100 in the last year for celebrities. Oh, that's a lot. So she came and she brought a... Uh, gift for each member of the cast and surprisingly for me it was her hocus pocus um collection of candles there is drop dead moron the sanderson sisters salem mass and the black flame candle so a special thanks to magic's happening and you can find them on online magicshappening.com keep your eyes on 90s con in Hartford this coming March because there could be something happening. So they're, might, they're working on something. They're working on something, but I'm not going to discuss it yet. So Also, another shout out thank you to our Patreon members, Brendan Phillick, Captain America, Marie Johnson, Michael Jung, Jason Carter, Jennifer Indelicato, Laura Bernheim, Brad Maholan, Anita Wren, and Kristen Carlano. We don't want to forget you guys. So Thank you. Keep us boozed up. I was able yeah. to because of you guys, I was able to bring a bottle of J.R. Ewing bourbon to the after party after the Hocus Pocus. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. It's just a bunch of Halloween yes. uh, event. And the this kind of a, hits us, actually. I'm still sporting the SAG button because they have actually resumed negotiations today. So well, as soon as we can get them back to work, we can get some more of the cast on this podcast. Well, we can Here. try. We can try anyway. <laughs> no, I, I have people lined up that have told me to awesome. wait till the strike's over. So awesome. keep waiting and keep supporting them. And we have gotten a couple more free followers to our Patreon. So that's pretty cool. Uh, people who are just following us for free. And so, and I just noticed that uh, the other day. And so I am going to get on there soon and try to make it more stuff for you guys. And so I'm thinking maybe I can offer like our DOAs. And stuff where we're just talking about off-topic things that don't really fit um, with our, you know, regular podcasts. We talk about a lot of, like, random life things, or we have one where we talk about fandom. 
that sort of thing, um, we can put that on there for free. And hopefully you guys will enjoy that. What's everybody drinking tonight? Drinking, drinking. Drinking? I'm drinking Drink. some Boda Box Cabernet. <laughs> I have Lake James rind lager beer. I made a Mexican ashtray. Nice. Yum. Mm. Same thing I had last week, I think. Woohoo. So Josh birthdays? The only birthday I'm going to note uh, right now is our beloved Barbara Belgetti's would be 101 on Halloween. Tonight, we're talking about Season 6, Episode 17, Episode 120 of the series, Crash of 83. I want you to get in closer. If there's something there, I'll find it. You'll have to have patience. There are very few things in this world J.R. Ewing cannot afford. But patience is one of them. Will you give me that refinery? I like the way you're handling this. When this is all over, if you'd like to get together. I hear how you were all hot and bothered waiting for me to come back, so just pucker up and have this kiss. It was written by Howard Lakin, directed by Bill Duke, once again. And aired February 4th, 1983. The number one song in the U.S. from last week now moves to be the number one song in the U.K. this week, which is Down Under by Men at Work. The number one song in the U.S. is now Africa by Toto, which is a song like all the kids know and love now. I think it's weird some of the songs that have made comebacks. That wasn't my favorite song by them. No. Which one is? Rosanna. Oh, yeah. That's good, too. It's about uh, Rosanna Arquette. I thought it was about Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana, Dana. I'm sorry. I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> the number one film in the U.S. is Tootsie. I'm just going to warn you, it's number one in the U.S. for the next couple months. So <laughs> settle in. <laughs> and uh, just a bunch of deaths today, honestly. Ooh. Reginald Dedham, an English writer and director uh, he has a, of The Obsession, The Bad Seed, etc., died at 89. The bad seeds, um, like the, the the story or the film? or The film. So that's loosely connected to Dallas because Patty it McCormick is. was that role. Jim Amici, who is an American voice actor of Jack Armstrong, the All-American Boy, etc., died at 67. And big one, because I remember this happening because I just turned seven. So now I have memories of things. Karen Carpenter died, the drummer and singer for Carpenter's. With her brother Richard, died at 32 after a long battle with anorexia nervosa. And yeah. she is, I just want, like, I, I think she has one of the best voices in history. Like, I love the Carpenters. Sing, sing out loud. Sing. <laughs> and I have a weird memory. Do you know, like, kids, they connect things that sometimes don't go together because they don't really understand what's happening with the world. I, I don't. So it, she died on a Friday, obviously, because it was Dallas was on. But I remember not hearing that she died until the weekend. And I had just watched, it turns out, a rerun of Chips, the TV show. I actually looked up the episode today to see if it was from 1983, but it was from the first season. And it was an episode about a bunch of baby food falling off of a truck and infecting a bunch of baby food with like botulism and... Stuff. What? And so, yeah, it's an it's, it's episode six, season one of Chips. 
<laughs> and how uh, does this baby food actually make it back onto the market? You know what? I, I know that's a rabbit yeah, hole. That's a that's a 1977 plot point. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I thought Karen Carpenter died from eating baby food because both of those things happen the same day. So. The, ter- the yeah. terrible irony with that, Mary, is that she would not have died if she had eaten baby food. Oh. Isn't that terrible? I know. See, body dysmorphia has been around for a very, very long time. Oh, yes. yeah. Like, that's a huge... It's yes. nothing new. Yes. It's it's very similar to the, when the last episode of Dallas aired, somebody became acting president of the United States. We won't say who in that episode. Oh, right. Yes. And the very next day... President Bush got sick on rice and sushi in Japan and had to momentarily was not president because his vice president was president while he was. Is that when he threw up? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. I didn't remember it was the day after Dallas aired, though, the last episode. Because I just associated this person on the show becoming acting president and this thing happened to the president. Yeah. It's like okay. I got an air I got an air freshener for the car this weekend. It's a was a tropical smell mm-hmm. just to make the car smell nice. So now every time I smell that air freshener, I am going to be thinking it's going to remind me of the weekend with these. Oh, people. totally! Because yeah. scent is our strongest sense memory. So now I'm going to constantly be going back to the store to get that very scent to keep. Yeah, in my yeah, because of good memories. Might yeah. as well. I've heard that those the are, I think the opposite of triggers are called glimmers. Yes, glimmers. So that is what you are experiencing with those. Yeah, glimmer. It's a glimmer. glimmer. It's it, it's something that reminds you of something positive. And on Dallas. And on Dallas, we had some stuff going on in this episode. But um, this episode fell from number three to number five. And Ken Kershaw found his leading lady, Audrey Landers, to be extremely conscientious. And she works very hard. And she is too young for him, he says. I mean, not wrong. And my character on the show treats her so badly, she just can't win the poor girl. That's all the notes we have. Awesome. So let's go to this aerial shot of the city. Yes. I'm wondering if they shot that or if it was stock footage. It almost looked, reminded me of like I've seen it somewhere before, maybe in an earlier episode. It's probably stock footage. Yeah. Which, if it was done today, they would have used a drone instead of a helicopter. And it would have been hella cheaper to do that. Yes. Hella <laughs> yeah. cheap. Hella if cheaper. Drones, if drones were around during the first season yeah. when they had no budget, then right. they would have gotten some well, amazing footage. Oh, my God. I mean, think about, like, the quality of things that you can shoot on your phone now. It's just... Oh, yes. Technology is crazy. Anyway, we go to Hicks' office where Bobby is trying to convince him to overturn the variance once again. Right. Hicks is not having any part of it. Hicks he is, is like, in. I don't know, Jr. I don't know what you're talking about. Blah, 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 blah. Lie, yeah. lie, lie, lie. And Bobby's like, dude, your nose is growing. Really? Is that even a good growing? lie? Yeah. If your nose like, was growing, it would have put a hole in the wall or broken like, the window. Bobby's like, bro, come on. Bro. He's basically just like yelling at him. And he's like, I don't know, Jr. I've never met the. Did he say, I've never met the man? Yeah, yeah. he's like, he's, Bobby Bobby's point, like, like, asked him, like, do you have a reason for giving JR special treatment? And he's like, I, I've never even met him. And he's like, oh my God. He's like, Are you serious? Like, what you're not going to do is lie to me right now, boot, because I saw you. 
to not, get oh, not you. He doesn't say when that. I came out of the like, Lone Star you Bank. Like, I saw like, you, bitch. Yeah. But he still is like, <sighs> you'll never get me to change my mind. And Bobby says, oh, okay. Never, never. Never well, say hold, never. Hold my beer. Right. <laughs> it's Bobby. Hold my scotch. Yeah. Hold my <laughs> scotch. I'm about to go fuck some shit up. I got to get under the titty bar. I'll be back. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> BRB. <laughs> Where the beer gives you gas and Bobby kicks ass. Yeah. At the titty bar. <laughs> That's pretty much. <laughs> and then uh, we cut to uh, Russell. Russell Slater. And I learned his name Russell, was later in yes, the Yes, Russell Slater. I couldn't remember his last name. Russell Slater is in JR's office, and he's been unable to find a refinery for JR. And he's been looking for like over a month. And JR is not happy. JR, did. Is this when he finally experiences fuck around and find out? Like, JR has fucked around. Guess what? He's oh, finding right. out now. He's oh, like, yeah. I can't do this. I'll lose my company. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow. All but the it, things you didn't think about before. I don't think he's putting two and two together. I don't think it's even crossing his mind. Mm-mm. No. And then after JR rants, Slater says, but there might be something in, in Houston. And well, he's why like, didn't what you the hell? Why didn't you freaking say so? Because right. like I'm you sitting should here with that, <laughs> ranting like an idiot. But go on, like an idiot, idiot. And then Ellie and Clayton arrive together at South Fork in a limo. Ooh. In a limo after their trip, and uh, Sue Ellen runs into them, and then that's a little yeah. awkward. They were doing the nasty in the back of the limo. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Sue Ellen standing there. Watching the two of them interact, like you could see her face. She's like, something happened. Yeah, she's like, what's going on? She's like, what? What's happening? The air has shifted. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Miss Silly and Clayton are all like, <laughs> and it's like, we're witnessing courtship. Mm-hmm. And Clayton is giving her the cold shoulder, the San Angelo freeze. <laughs> yeah. Dusty kind of sort of did the same thing a couple times, didn't he? Like father, like son. She apologizes and he's like, well, it's just a misunderstanding. And then he turns and walks away. Yeah, just turn around. He's like, bye. And, but Clayton he's going nice to hole in the door. But he and Ellie are going to go out to dinner that night, though. Right. Yes. Yeah. She accepts. And she's so cute when she accepts. She's like, well, yeah, that sounds nice. I, she has such while, a big smile on her face. She was like, why <laughs> I do believe that they're a court. So he got to Cliff's new place. Is this the uh, first time we've had an exterior of shot of the... I believe it is, yeah. I think it's so funny. Like, Pam is like, like during this whole scene, Pam is like, you know who this is? This baby that I'm holding? This is your nephew. She's you so bitter. She's so bitter. <laughs> she's like, he's like, yeah, it's Christopher. And she's like, how do you know it is? Because you've never seen him in person, ever. I'm like, whoa, Pam. But, like that's a conti- it, but-, but that's a continuity error because uh, they supposedly had met in an earlier episode. I remember something with that big bear. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that's a a continuity (laughs) error. So Pam, take the attitude somewhere else. Right. Yeah. But uh, it's Pam, Pam, the gloves are off with her in this episode. She, she's had it. She is. She's had it. Done. She's getting those bulging eyes too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Cliff off- Cliff offers to reheat some Chinese food for uh, Christopher, so we have to drink. Yes, yes. Oh, hell, I'm going to need another beer. Rebecca says she'll stop 
JR from getting a refinery? And because Jordan had called and said that um, JR is still searching for a refinery, and Rebecca said, "Well, they'll she'll take care of that if if it comes to it." And Pam is just pissed when they start talking about that because she's basically like, "I can't go anywhere without hearing about this drama." You guys, mm-hmm. right? I'm getting a very eerie feeling. Yes, I'm just I don't, I don't know what's going Mm. It's in the air. Yeah, something. So what happened to Ray's truck? He could just be topping off fluids or something. Well, we all top off our fluids, especially when there's a lot going on in the episode, because we have to. That's true. We have a lot to drink. Mm-hmm. All the drinking. I uh, do need and, to top and, off my fluids, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Lucy comes to see Ray, and she's like, "Where's Mickey been? He hasn't been around." He hasn't been around to annoy me. We haven't been able to have our bickering, bantering, pre-courtship, coital bantering mm-hmm. that is going to turn into some down and dirty rolls in the hay like I used to do with my uncle. Right. <laughs> like, you know, we used to do, right? Right. Before I found out you were my uncle, but whatever. Right. But we're from the South, so that's all good. It's, down fine. Here. it's fine. You're like what, a half uncle. It's, it, I mean, it's basically a V.C. Andrews novel at this point. It's fine. Right. It's, it's, it's keeping it within the family. It's, it's, it's within the kinfolk. something good. Kinfolk. Kinfolk. Right. You know, and maybe Mickey's just going to be a little, you know, chip off the old block. But she says that he'll, he'll, he'll come around. She's like softening her stance to. Because Ray worries that basically he's like, he's a screw up. Don't hang around him. There's not time for him to, like, figure his stuff out. You don't need that. And she's like, don't worry about me. I'm fine. And a very quick scene. Thornton calls Bobby and says that the drilling is not even started yet. They've been having some trouble with the yeah. weather and the ground and blah, blah, blah. So that's just a quick throwaway Bobby's scene. Bobby's, like, worried. He's like, uh, we're on a schedule here. And he's like, yeah, I get it. But Canada, weather, eh. Well, if you bring in... JR and all this hot air that he's blowing around, it might melt the ground. That, oh, there we go. There's a plan. Yeah. And then South Fork night. But not all the lights are on. Not all the lights are on. Nope. nope. Just like later in the episode, not all the lights are on again yeah. in the next exterior. It's very dark in there later. Yeah. Uh, JR surprised Ellie isn't back from Galveston. He's like, what does she just like live there now? And so Ellen tells him that, oh, no, 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 she's home. And she was there with Clayton Farlow. Jared's like, I'm sorry, what? Clayton Farlow. What you talking about, Willis? Mm-hmm. I, I don't. And he, he doesn't like the sound of that. He's like, I don't. Why is she hanging out with Clayton? I got to go upstairs and give her a piece of my mind. Yeah. But she can't, JR. Because actually she's had a dinner with Clayton Farlow. And she's like, I don't know. There's just like a warmth between them. Uh, and Jared's just not pleased. If he, if it was a cartoon, you'd see the smoke come shooting out of his ears. Definitely. Most definitely. And his nostrils like breathing fire. But Sue Ellen was actually saying that they're both lonely and it really shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, it should be. Well, that just that well, just tears the rag off the bush, doesn't it now? Rag off the bush. All right. Yeah, that's a visual. And strip club. Wendy's updating Bobby on the situation. Sweet little Wendy. Sweet little Wendy who totally has Jenna Wade vibes. I don't, I don't, I think it's on purpose. I do. I think it's on purpose mostly because of next season, but, uh, cause she definitely has like Morgan Fairchild Jenna Wade vibes. Swear to God. And Bobby is 
totally attracted to her. So Bobby explains that he needs to get something on Hicks that the the private investigator didn't. And uh, she says, you know, if it's there, she'll find it. She's like, I got you, boo. And she checks them out as she walks away. Mm -hmm. She's like, "Mm." He tells her to get close to Hicks. Get a little closer. She's going to wear Arid extra dry. (laughs) Closer to you. So Mickey's working in the barn when Lucy pulls up to see him. He is shoveling that hay. He is. He's preparing a love bed for the two of them so they can roll in the hay together. But he's crabby. He's super crabby. When he's in a yeah. mood. Because mm-hmm. he, he's got a tune and he's in a mood. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, I just like, I think I might have got you in trouble. And I feel bad about that. And oh, if you want me to go talk to Ray, whatever, like I'll totally do it because you shouldn't get in trouble for something that is totally my fault. And Mickey's like, isn't this where he's like, no, like, leave it alone. Yeah, he's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to leave anyway. Like, I'm done with this place. doesn't concern you. Just stay yeah. Just stay out of it. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm sorry. So you're just giving up? You're someone who gives up really easily? And he's, and then he's super defensive. And he's like, well, it shouldn't even matter to you. And she's like, yeah, it shouldn't. But, you know. But it does. It's like, I didn't want to start caring about you. But right. here right. we are. So exactly. here we are. Mm-hmm. I wish I didn't. For once, it's but, someone that's not uh, way older than her. I know. It's so weird. So but weird. he does have his own version of a beamskin rug. So True. so she's probably attracted to the beamskin rug. Probably. Mm-hmm. She likes a hairy chest. <laughs> so Wendy now gives Bobby the update on Hicks. Um, <sighs> yeah, and she's like, dude so, is totally into cocaine. She's like, yeah, he likes to put the shit up his nose. It's all over his house. Mm-hmm. You won't have a problem finding it. That was like, perfect. Mm-hmm. Jackpot. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, you know, would you like to get together when this is all over? You and me? And then Bobby just sighs and he's like, it's just You're business. very beautiful, but this is strictly business. Strictly business. Okay. Mm-hmm. Business. Is Natch. Well, and that's like because he doesn't want her snatch. He's got his own. If it was Jr., totally different. So I'm sure like people just assume, you know, Ewing. Right. I mean, that's why Holly thought that. Mm -hmm. So So he unintentionally puts off a vibe that these women are thinking that because of the last name Ewing, we must be able to roll in the hay together, have some extracurricular. Also, like she. I feel like they do have a little connection, she and Bobby. Like, he to- he picked her. Mm-hmm. So, he thinks that she's hot. Like you said, the Jenna Wade vibe. Jenna Wade vibe. If I were still in my booze, broads, and booty days, I'd yeah, take totally. a piece of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what's crazy is that, like, I've noticed in fandoms, and I, I wonder, you know, if, if anybody was ever able to ask the writers about of Dallas back then about any of this stuff, is that there's a lot of nuance and a lot of implied stuff and a lot of hints dropped in storylines and plots on like TV shows that I think it's weird. It's kind of like some, I've heard some of the writers on some of my favorite shows before talk about how they like leave crumbs behind and like the fandom, like either picks up on it or they don't. 
and the ones that don't are like constant. I don't know. This is like more of a modern thing, but like constantly disappointed and they're not understanding and stuff. And then the other part of the fandom is like, what are you talking about? It's been there the whole time. You just weren't looking at it hard enough. I actually I'm curious because I feel like fandom was totally different yeah. back in 83 than it is now, like since the Internet. Mm-hmm. You um, didn't have, yeah, you didn't have the Keskase Internet. Right. And I feel like unless it was something like Dark Shadows or Star Trek, where there were actually conventions mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you just had people who kind of watched it at a really surface level and probably didn't have these conversations about a show like that. Get a life, is, people. It was just a job. I'm sure they did, but it was on a, such a smaller scale because there was uh, right. no way to connect everybody. Right, right, right. It was like, yeah. I'm sure groups of friends, like kind of like a book club. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Water cooler conversations. Water yeah. cooler conversation, right? But it wasn't like you, like it is people, now. You people that come to these conventions just. But I just in life. Have you ever kissed a girl? I mean, come on, people. It was just a job. Thank you, William Shatner. Quoting Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> I because I wondered about that stuff, like comparing Dallas to like some modern TV shows and seeing like some of the modern fandoms online. I'm like, were we having these conversations 40 years ago? About nuance and implied right. like references, probably not. <laughs> mostly the scale we are now. It it was more <laughs> superficial. Of are Bobby and Pam going to split up? Are Bobby and Pam going right. to stay together? Right. It was just more of that surface. They didn't get down into the detail because, of course, back then they, they didn't make these episodes thinking forty five years later people would still be watching and. Right. As we've seen, well, reruns were a thing. There were always going to be reruns. Oh, there's going to be reruns, and they knew there. And by this point, they're in syndication because there's over 100 episodes, so they exactly. knew there's that. But but they didn't think it would it, last as long. They, I mean, I mean, they thought people would watch random episodes when it was in syndication. I mean, they could not have foresaw this, what this is now. Right, because there are other shows that were out back in those days, and you don't see some of them on reruns now. Although uh, Moonlighting just turned up on Hulu. Finally. Yes, it just came on Hulu, and uh, I ha- I haven't started watching the episodes yet, but I heard that um, all that they have the music, and include in fact they have included one song that was not included on the DVD release because there were some rights issues when the DVDs came out. Oh. So. and poor Bruce Willis is uh, incommunicative at this point. So my friend Scott wrote a book about Moonlighting that came out a couple years ago. He interviewed Sybil Shepherd and a bunch of other people that worked on the writers and stuff for the show. And he was supposed to interview Bruce Willis and it kept getting put off. And he ended up getting like mad. He's like, well, I guess it's not going to happen. But my guess is this stuff was going on and they weren't sure if he should have interviews at that point. What did I miss? What's going on with Bruce Willis? Oh, he has like dementia. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, He's he's retired. He can't communicate. He can't like he, he literally like doesn't know who people are oh my god so he's almost got full-blown alzheimer's now so i think it's it seems fast so it probably is alzheimer's it's frontal temporal lobe it starts as dementia usually doesn't it yeah and it's and he's young so young ish so that's pretty fast aggressive that's aggressive uh in my experience i don't know if this is uh scientific or not but it seems like the men that i've known who've gotten alzheimer's stuff like that it goes way faster than the women. Well, within I know the country a, was run by someone that practically had Alzheimer's for eight years. I know within a decade, 
it's possible for somebody to go from totally like functional to dead. And what happens is the body forgets how to function. That's what's right. And that happens more in men. Mm-hmm. And someone can, if I'm wrong about any of this, someone can correct me. But I read this, that a lot of times for women, it does more of the like memory part of the brain. Mm-hmm. So they just for it starts with like. And men are like the ones with the impulse control. Right. And it, for men, it's like, I'm going to shut down the part of your brain that, you know, runs your kidneys, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and your body is going to and your body right. is going to forget how to operate, and yes. that's what's and yeah. sundowning. Like after dark is even worse. Yeah, well, that's, uh, my, my uncle because my grandma had it, my uncle had it. What is, runs well, in the family. Well, I imagine I, that's my future. Yay! Well, I, well I, I do. I do not recall at this time. I actually told my I told my kids like if I get to that point because with my grandma she just kept thinking she was younger and younger. And stuff like there was a point when I was in high school and she thought I was her friend from from school. And um, and then she was like playing hide and seek and stuff. So I was like, just sit me in front of a TV and play Dallas, because I will think if I think I'm eight, that's all I'm going to want to do. And I'm going to think it's amazing. So just do that. I'll be fine. And it, and it will be like you're watching it for the first time. <laughs> it will. I'll be like, I can watch the next episode. What? <laughs> Ooh. What happened on the last episode? Yeah, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> who, who is that character? Um, okay, where are Oop, we? John Ross is in this scene. Oh, yeah. He's in the background playing. Yeah, while uh, Ellie tells Sue Ellen about her trip. And she has come to a decision that she is going to stay out of the battle. She's leaving the battlefield, as it were. Yes. Now, Sue Ellen is wondering why she went to Clayton and not Frank Crutcher. Hmm. That's a good point. But Frank is all the way in New York, and she happened to run into Clayton in Galveston. Right. She's like, it, what, I didn't mean to. Like, we just end up being at the same place at the same time. And besides, like, Frank Crutcher, like, mm, yeah. Clayton, Clayton's a very special man. Clayton went to courting, and he did go. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. She says he has a sweetness about him. Sweet like a lollipop. And oh. I feel like, and she says, and I feel like you should understand that. And I, she seems a little, a little jealous to me. Yeah. But Sue Ellen, you have this wonderful marriage now. Right, yeah, so you so shouldn't great. be concerned. Huh. And Donna arrives at uh, Bobby's office looking like uh, she's auditioning to be part of uh, Prince's background singers with all the purple. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Because Donna is leading the glamorous life as with the Texas Energy Commission. Now, she says to Bobby that if she can get Figueroa or Hicks to flip, then the other guy whose name I did not catch at the beginning of the scene. I didn't catch it either. Okay, good. (laughs) And he would flip too, and JR's variance would be be done. And Bobby says he's actually working on that problem. But I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing because you would, you would, you would be disgusted by me. Yeah, I don't actually. I wonder what Donna would think because I feel like Donna is a little more realistic. Like What's, Donna is also really like idealistic, but not as much as Pam. Well, I don't so, think. But uh-huh. Jr. getting a taste of his own medicine, so that might right. That might, like we're bringing down Jr. Cool, I'm in. Yes. <laughs> so Jr. and Suellen are out to lunch. And he's telling her all about the people who want him to run for public office. 
when everybody's best friend, Gil Trashcan Thurman, walks in. Oh, God. The man who played Alec Baldwin's father on Knott's Landing. This guy. This guy. This motherfucker. This piece of shit. This dick. Uh, but Swellen's on our side, and she's not having any of it. And she's like, I, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll be in the powder room. I'll be back when he's gone. Do people really powder in that room? I mean, I think that's an old, that's a way for ladies to say they're going to, because they would, they would powder their nose, you know, go to powder their nose. I mean, that's where well, it's came, it came from. Well, but. if your nose is where I think it is, that's a problem. Well, she said I would be in the ladies room. Uh, oh, that's right. Yes. He said something about the powder room. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. 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 And he's like, well, she likes the powder room more than she likes me. And JR's like, yeah. well, don't we all? <laughs> right. Like, because you are, I can smell the filth coming off. Yeah, you the like of the door. you are, you are worse than the toilet, like, bro. <laughs> you make Jr. Ewing seem like a great human. You and have more, like, and that's a problem. He's like, yeah. look, let like no, no hard feelings, bro. But you don't know how to close a deal. You have more microbes on you, Gil Thurman, than a human, than human facial hair, which has more of it in the toilet. Definitely. Yeah. So he does but, seem to like to show it off to everyone. It's weird. Oh, he's so <laughs> skeevy. And even, as you know, what's weird, even JR is like, oh, uh, kind of gross, right. man. Yeah. But uh, like, I'm going to humor you anyway. Uh, yeah. So uh, Afton was talking about you. Right. And well, he's well, like, no, what? He, he finds out first that Cliff only got the deal because of Afton. Afton. Afton and, oh, yeah. And he's and like, he's like well, JR immediately latches onto an opportunity. He's like, "Oh, um, let's let's cause more chaos," hmm. which is going to have serious repercussions down the line. Why don't you go? Like JR's like subliminally, why don't you go pay her a visit? Mm, you know, she's yeah, talking she's, about you. I heard she's really into you, buddy. And oh, until hmm, I'm going to table this thought until we get to that scene. Right. So, mm. and this JR opening his mouth. That's going to set off a series of repercussions. Down he the did line. it with Mark Grayson. Domino effect. Now he's doing it with Pornstash. Yeah, he did it with Pornstash. He is now doing it with Gil Thurman. Like, there are consequences. This is the domino effect. Right. Yeah. Right. And this is going to have serious consequences. I think. I just, I, I get that. I'm getting this weird feeling. And I feel I like uh, Sue Ellen is just standing at the door waiting for him to get up and walk away because as yep. soon as he gets up she she starts walking back to the table mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm surprised she sits down and she's like Ugh. and then he like molests her with his eyes well it's just uh i just i need i needed to take a shower after just he's so watching it. gross he's so gross I'm, su- I'm surprised that they didn't ask the waitress to come over and take that chair away and burn it right like Gil was sitting in i mean his his smirk is so god i know Oh, oh, just, it's like he, you want to you want to slap it off his face. Yeah, you yes, just do. Yes, like, you, do. <laughs> you really do. You know what he is? He's the those tar pits in Los Angeles, just black oozing slime. Gross. I mean, I think that's even too good for him at this point. And then Jr. has the audacity to say to Sue Ellen that oh, you shouldn't give him such a hard time. I'm like fucking gross, Jr. Dude, fucking you gross. You used her as bait. Shut the fuck up. Hey. Like, now, 
we know how handsy and how pushy this guy can be. What if he had come home a little bit later? Right. I mean, he came home as it was and it wasn't good. No, it wasn't good then. And he he had like a non-reaction right. c- compared to stuff that's going to happen in the future. Right. It's kind of right. like he expected it. Uh-huh. Of course he did. <sighs> Garbage. Where's your bell? Ding, ding. Yes, there we go. Trash bell. Motherfucker. Pleather marker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Wendy's going to be meeting Hicks tonight, and Bobby tells her the plan is a go. He bing, says, bing. Do it. And then Lucy comes to see Ray again, and she's wearing a pink hat again. Is this the same? It's not the same day, is it? I don't think it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be the same day, but I feel like she's wearing the same clothes. Or did or did she just change her pants? I don't know. She have black. I don't pants know. She's definitely own? wearing the same hat, though. The top looked pink too. Right. Yeah. Did they just shoot all know. these scenes at once. I think that there was some continuity things here. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. Maybe they just had her, and they just figured we'll bang these scenes out like, all together. No one's gonna notice. It'll be fine. <laughs> And no one's going to be talking about fine. it. 40. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, 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 no. no one's going to be talking about it 40 years later. Absolutely um, not. So she tells him, hey, it's my fault that Mickey didn't deliver the vaccine. Well, why the hell didn't he tell me that? God damn it. It's like, there's a reason, dude. I don't know. Mickey's Mickey's like not a bad kid, but everybody has painted him to be one. And then like, remember, like, all the stuff that was going on in Kansas, he got into some trouble. He was working and, like, didn't want anybody to know. And he seems like the kind of guy, like, that once someone has an idea of it, like, he's not going to bother trying to change he's their like, mind. Oh, okay, he's like, fine. cool, you think I fucked up? Fine, cool. Great. That's crazy. You're gonna- everybody thought he was lazy when he was trying to pay off debt so he could... You know what I bet it was? He got into trouble. His mother didn't know. The cops told him, you can't leave town until you make restitution. That's why he was working. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. and then like Ray worked out a deal, got his like parole extended in Texas, whatever, <clears throat> and was like, "Well, we'll we'll give you money, just let us take him." And now he's down there, and he's feeling like, "Okay, I pretty much worked off my debt. You know what else is out there for me? Because I'm a cowboy. I'm a dumb cowboy." And <laughs> I'm just a dumb cowboy. I'm just a dumb I'm cowboy. A dumb cowboy. Well. And Mickey's like, you know, I want to do other things. Yeah. He's like, I'm more than this. Paid my debt to society. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go explore the world. Do something. But he's kind of like, yeah. Why didn't you tell me? Well, a man's got his pride, right? Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And then Ray, Ray looks at Lucy and he's like, you like him, don't you? And she's like, ah, your cousin's okay. It's not my yeah. type, but yeah, because he's not ten years older than her. Yeah, right. the the minute a woman starts defending a man or making excuses for him, you right. know she likes. Unfortunately, him. God damn it! Why do we do that? I'm not going to say how I know that. She she wants to wide the. I don't know. Ride. We do that because these these beings give us just a little tiny tiny bit of serotonin, right? Yeah, just, just like dopamine bit. hits. You're like, all right, uh huh. And then, and then that just—I don't know—it it turns you stupid. It does turn you stupid. <laughs> it turns you stupid. Oh well, God. he tells her to just steer clear of him because oh, he's trouble. Right? He's yeah. like, you know, what? I can handle myself. It's don't fine. worry about me. What's that gonna do? Like, what's Lucy gonna do? Like, if you tell Lucy not to do something, she's gonna be like, I'm gonna do it even harder. Like, right. 
Johnny, don't touch the hot stove. Ow, I burned myself. Basically. Lucy, leave Mickey alone. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Sure. Hey, Lucy, why don't we fix you up with Mickey? No, I don't want him. I'm going to go the other way then. Bye. I think if they were pushing it, if they if they were pushing Mickey on her, she wouldn't oh, be yeah. interested she, at all. Not at all. Yeah, no. But they won't push Mickey on her. Bad news. Which makes her now interested. Mm-hmm. Yes. And JR is interested when Russell Slater says that they have the refinery if he can be there at th- – and Russell's going to be on a 3 p.m. flight to Houston to seal the deal before the cartel finds out the next day. Yep. Good, because we have to do it before they find out. Right. That's a small town. It is. It is. And then JR gets a call from Walt Driscoll in the Cayman Islands. And JR's like, excuse you, why are you calling me? Right. What yeah. the hell? Yeah, we're, Why? like, not supposed to talk anymore, remember? JR, like, no, yeah, this, but, this but, line could be tapped. Like, but, JR, JR, JR. I'm paranoid. JR, I, I, I've got a deal for you that I need to talk about, too, when I come into Dallas. Oh, hell no. You aren't coming. You can't come to Dallas. I mean, what the hell? No, no. Just just, just hear me out. Just just, just hear me out. When I, we'll, we'll meet when I get there. And he's like, he, he gives his interest because he's like, there's millions of dollars in a really quick turnaround profit. Jared's like, Ooh, okay, I'm, I'm listening, but we'll have to meet like off the beaten path. Literally. Uh, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Like we got to go out in this cow pasture down by where like there's a fence and just, you know, uh, uh, out in the middle of nowhere because nobody's going to see us down here. Nope. Because you can't but see you, for far distances from there. But you know something? Birds don't Santa exist. Santa. They're, they're little spy cameras by the government. Okay. So they're oh, the birds. Are yep. Mocking birds days. aren't real. So Clayton gives Ellie a gift of a little glass bird to remind her of their good time together. Now, Y'all she's not going to be throwing this against the fireplace, I don't think. I don't think so. I hope not. Anymore. Well, at least not for a couple of seasons. No, because if it was in that general vicinity, some glass might shatter over towards Jock's portrait. Well, you know, it's interesting portrait. here. Portrait. Is that she accepts the gift and she's like, okay, so... um. I don't want to get the wrong idea here, but aren't you seeing Rebecca? Right. And he was like, no, we're, it's not like that. She's like, oh, she's like, okay. Sure. And it's like, we're- and my question is, does Rebecca know that? Does Rebecca know that? Situationships. Right. Right. Because she certainly did them. not know that not- when she saw them in the restaurant. Uh-uh. Right. And then Clayton the next day or the next time, why didn't you come over? I mean, you could have come over. We were just friends. Right. Out. Yeah, like what? You should have come over. Like, like we could have. just kind of an idiot about this. We could have like, had a threesome. He's a man. I mean, come on. He's like he's like a, a hot older dude, rich. Like, uh, look, he doesn't get like. Yeah, you're not just hanging with these ladies. Like, I they, mean, I'm sorry if I walked in somewhere and I saw somebody that. I, even even as a friend, or even that I like just a little bit sitting there with another woman, I don't care what their relationship is. I'm my mind is automatically going to go, oh, they're fucking, oh. Right. <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he do, he doesn't have a porn stash. He has a distinguished stash. Oh yeah, he has a very mm-hmm. distinguished stash. That Howard. And, you know, and they're all mu- three of them mu- are a widows mustache. now. A mustache. A mustache. All three of them are widowed and. 
I thought for a little while there might be some kind of like little triangle going on between them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, and I'm I like, what were y'all not in the same situation like 40 years ago? Right? I, 30, I guess 30 years Rebecca, ago. Rebecca and Ellie just kind of have a similar taste in men. Mm-hmm. They could have had a three way. I mean, it's a thing. They, they could have had a threesome. But they didn't. No. To my knowledge. No. Um, he invite he's he does drop a little bit of a bomb though. He has sold the Southern Cross, right? And she's, she's shocked. Like, what? Where yeah. will you go? Yeah. What are you doing? Why? I will come, I will come here and court you, my dear. Basically. And he's like, you should come down and then take a look around the place for one last time. Oh, oh, oh I, I don't, I'll have to think about that. She's like, oh, oh, oh you're asking me to come to your house alone. Mm-hmm. As some sort of nostalgia trip. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, she's like, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's interested, though. <laughs> and then we cut to JR being interviewed on that show that I can't remember the name of again. Roy Ralston's show. Yeah. Roy Ralston's uh, show. And he's basically asked point blank if he'll run for office. And then he's, you know, doing his deflection. and Well, not asked- saying no. About the Ewing connection to Dave Culver, and it's, well, it's very distant, and uh, it's very distant. And uh, yeah, he, he he can be replaced. But... Meanwhile, Ray and Don are actually watching that interview on TV. And you know what? The line that gets everybody is, uh, "Well, I'd have to weigh the the good that I do at the gas pump versus the good that I can do as a political representative." Right. And and Ray's like pissed. He's like, you know, if I didn't know him. I would totally believe him. This is super scary. Donna's like, yeah, he, there's a total chance he could ride this all the way to Washington. He's really yeah. good at bullshitting. Donna said, yeah, Donna said something that made me go, I can't remember exactly what the line was, but. She's very concerned, but. Oh, she said a lot of people are one issue voters. It was, it was right after that. She said something about, um, she said one issue voters Something it was something like something about putting somebody like him in power. I can't, I can't remember the exact uh-huh. line, but I was just uh-huh. like, uh-huh. <laughs> I actually captured this scene and I'm going to upload it. But she is literally con- very concerned about the ramifications of that. Yes. Fortune telling. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know how the Simpsons predicted the future? Well, right. Hello. So did Dallas. Because she said someone like J.R. Ewing. Yes, that was it. Someone like J.R. Ewing and coming into power. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, fuck. It's like taking candy from a baby. Uh, So they're going to invite, she wants to invite Dave down there so they can make a plan um, to stop J.R. before it gets out of hand. That variance needs to be taken away so that he will fall off the front page of the paper and he'll be yesterday's news. Yes. It'll be secondhand news, as Fleetwood Mac says. So we cut to Cliff's house. Cliff and Rebecca are having dinner. And the, again, the topic of du jour is Jr. in the refinery and how Mike Hughes. So the cartel the has already found out because it's a small town. Yes. I was born in a small town. I can breathe in a small town. Yeah. And uh, this Mike Hughes guy, like, he's selling it because, like, he needs to sell it. Like, he's in a bad situation, needs the money, so he needs to sell it. Right. And Rebecca's like, well, I'll just, you know, take care of this. Right. He's like, I know him, and he would not want to cross me. 
And I'm going to tell him he shouldn't do it. Right. But Cliff, you may need to go down to Houston to seal the deal and take this letter with all this stuff. She's going to write a letter and have Cliff take it. So she calls and Mike Hughes is not there. So he'll be back tomorrow. So time is of the essence. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping to the And they toast to keeping JR from that refinery. Yes. So now let's go back to Hicks's office. Bobby, I don't know what you're doing here again, Mr. You. I don't know. I made my position clear. I am not changing my vote. And he's just like mad and like he just doesn't want to talk about it anymore. He's mad, but he's also like laughing at Bobby. He's like, nothing's going to change my vote. I don't know why you keep coming back. Like it's nothing's going to change. So leave. Well, why don't you take a look at what's in this envelope and see if you still are, are singing the same tune. And it's an envelope full of Polaroids. Do people remember Polaroids from back in the day? They're back. What? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I have a, a couple Polaroid cameras. Well, in stacks, a different brand, but even Polaroid has come back with Polaroid pictures. Like the full-size ones with the white borders? Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow. I love well, Polaroid cameras. And you have to, you have to, you have to shake it. Uh, well, you for, don't have to, but you do anyway, even though you don't have to. You do because you're excited, and it's the yeah. You're the like, anti- come on, it's I'm the anticipation. It. Yeah. Which I'm seeing that next weekend. Oh. My niece is playing Janet. I'm playing Frankenfurter for Halloween. No. <laughs> yeah. So he he throws it, and then Hicks just smartly denies it. He's like, I don't. He's like, that's not cocaine. That's, that's powdered sugar. That's powdered sugar. And he has a point. Well, He's like, how are you going to prove that that's cocaine? Like, I, I just have, because honestly, like, who has that much cocaine even in the 80s? What the that's hell? Nuts. What did Bobby say? How many bags he had hidden all over the house? I know. He's like, well, how do you know? Because like, he's like, I could just go home now and get rid of it. And then you have no proof. So, like, what are you even thinking? Bobby's and like, he's like, I don't know. Did you find them all? Do you find them all? Do you have all? Sure, you're including the ones that Wendy hits in secret locations. I feel like one Bobby could have done something a little bit more than just because he honestly could just go home and get rid of it. There's nothing Bobby could actually do, but he threatens them and he's just like, you know, get the cops over there. And then, you know, is it worth three years in jail? Which is that all you'd get for three, that much cocaine? Three years in jail? Well, I guess he's a rich. With that but, much cocaine, you could be charged with intent to distribute. I mean, right? That's a lot of cocaine. So much oh, cocaine. Yeah. So he thinks Bobby's bluffing, and then Bobby's like, "Try me." Okay. Try me. Yeah, he's like, "Uh, okay." But Bobby's basically like, "I have you between a rock and a hard place. What are you gonna do?" I got you by the co Jones. So then Bobby turns around to leave, and then he says. You know, you're just as dirty as your brother, Jr. And then Bobby looks at him like hurt. <laughs> like, oh, Bobby. Dagger to the heart. He's like pretending he isn't enjoying this. And he's so enjoying this. Yes. Right. So Mike Hughes calls Jr. to express his doubts. Yes. Why? Uh, Brings up Rebecca. Yeah. I think he's leaning towards Jr. by the end because Jr. says he never forgets a friend. It sounds oh. like they made like a verbal agreement on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which used to be done in the old days. Verbal agreements and 
handshakes. And then Rebecca is visiting Ellie and Pam at South Fork, but has, she has to get going because she has to pick Cliff up to go to the airport. Like she t- she told she could have just said like I'm picking taking Cliff to the airport, but she's like I'm taking Cliff to the airport to stop Jr. from getting his, this refinery. Right. Well, she has to throw that out there yeah. because I think it leads to them learning how Ellie is staying out of it. Because uh, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I know I shouldn't bring it up. And Ellie's like, don't worry about it. I don't want to hear about it from you, but I, I don't really care. I'm staying out of it as much as possible. I'm Switzerland. Oh, she says she just wants to ignore the whole thing and get on with her life as much as possible. And then she just kind of like says, Peace. like, goodbye to Rebecca. Peace is out. Pam says, I am not Ellie. And fuck all this. Fuck all this Great. shit. Crazy nope. eyes. Uh, she has like tears in her eyes and she's mm-hmm. like, I can't look the other way. Like this is this is awful. And like I just someone's going to get hurt. And then I feel like it you can just hear it repeating. Mm-hmm. That, how right. many times has she said that now? The exact two, same thing. Two or three. Yeah. yeah. It's like I've, it's in our face now. Yeah. I've, I'm get I'm getting a feeling of foreboding. I don't I don't know what's going right. on. And Rebecca just looks at her like, oh, Pam. Mm, okay. okay. Okay, we're right. catastrophizing again. Okay. okay, okay. Let's, let's get to the dis- most disgusting scene of the episode here. <gasps> Gross Gil Trashcam Thurman shows off at Clifton Afton's apartment. Of course, he hadn't seen them since Cliff, since Cliff had the old apartment. So, uh, right. how do they know he- where they live? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how the hell does he know where they live? I mean, he's a public person in a company uh, with a high experience. He's not going to put his address in the phone book. Yeah, I don't know. That's something um, for the younger people out there. A phone book is something that used to be a list of phone numbers alphabetically uh, by name that you could look somebody up instead of going on Google and your phone and just punching in something. When I lived in Washington, they still gave us a phone book every year. Wow. And like, I'd be like, why are you wasting this paper? <laughs> like, <laughs> totally. So, ew, gross. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm feeling dirty. Yeah. So, Afton opens the door. And he, like, immediately starts to attack her. Right. Cliff could get him home at any minute. I mean, this, that he is really taking a chance here. And she's literally backing up like she's afraid. But this is also example number two, number however many, of the power differential... Right. The power differential, as we explained last week, is a form of rape or can be a, a form of rape or contamination, grooming, all that stuff. The Holly Harwood. She's thing. trying to de-escalate mm-hmm. the situation. You can see her like, oh, he's going to be home. Like, you don't want to blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, I don't care. Yeah. And right on cue, the mm-hmm. door opens. Right. And then I feel like Afton's even more upset because she's like, oh, fuck, it's all going to come out now. Mm-hmm. Cliff is like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going for another ride on a roller coaster. And, uh, and Afton, Afton's like, oh my God. And Cliff's so like, gross. Cliff sees red and he yeah. raises, he screams for the first time that we've yeah. ever heard him raise his voice. And he also that loud. says, you know, our little Afton. I'm like, uh, she's not your little Afton. Skeevy, 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 gross, gross, skeevy. And he he throws his ass out of there. So as if Cliff wasn't, if he didn't pick it up already, because Cliff's like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he's like, and then, so he's like, let me make it, uh, 
totally clear. You know that time where like she slept with me to get your the deal because that was my price. And like Cliff is upset by that, but I feel like he's almost more upset that he didn't do it himself. And he thought he did. And the fact that Afton lied to him when she said that. So he throws Thurman out, thankfully. I would mm-hmm. I would sterilize the apartment now. I'm glad he left so easily, honestly. Yeah, you don't just need to sterilize. You need to like burn some sage in there. You need to have oh, yeah. a blessing, an exorcism. An exorcism. Full yeah. Exorcism. All of that. Yeah. Just bring in the demonologist right now. One, <laughs> yes. two, three. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> Be done. Because ew. Thurman is gone and Cliff blows the roof off the place and calls. Oh, me. You're not my girlfriend. You're my whore or something. No, he says the opposite. I thought you were my girlfriend, Girlfriend. not my whore. Yeah, I thought you were my girlfriend, not my whore. And uh, I think the thing that sucks the most about all of this is that Afton felt threatened. And it's a a very, I hate to say it, it's a gray area of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's not necessarily forced, but it is like, there's no way out of this. Like, I'm going to have to. She did not do it for herself or any sort of gratification for herself at all. She did it 100% for him. Yeah, because this guy was probably like, he'll never work again if you don't do this. He won't won't have this. He won't have that. He had just tried to, like, kill himself. Yeah. She was trying to save his life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like... That's what he's not understanding right now. I get that he's mad. Of course, yeah. I get it, but at the same time, like, this is uh, a mess-up situation. It really is. And I just, I think of that situation in, like, I don't know, I've seen other shows where that's come up, you know, women, like, feel like they have to sleep with these men as payment for something or returning favors because they, they, they get guilted into it. Right, because or threatened in some way, like not physically, but you know, like oh, I can ruin your life. You know, I can ruin his life. I can ruin. You know, do you love your children? Do you love so and so? That's how it happens. Because women are taught that their bodies can be used for commerce very young, mm-hmm. and it's so, sick. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Mm-mm. And it's <sighs> generations of history that have to be broken. Oh yeah, all mm-hmm. these things that ugh, get passed. Now. Um, Cliff storms out, and while Cliff storms out, Walt Driscoll arrives at the Meets JR in some cow pasture. How did you predict that? How did Melanie predict that they would meet in a cow pasture? Totally off the beaten path. Can't tell you. Are you a psycho? I mean, psychic? Yes. A little of both? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Here's, Here's Walt's plan. They can make millions of dollars on this oil if they send it to... An embargoed country. And he'll doctor the paperwork so it looks like it's going to another country. Hmm. Okay, so just me because I don't trust this guy as far as I could throw him. He seems like he's nervous. Why are you telling JR to break the law? <laughs> right. Like he's this been rehearsing this for like ever. Like it just seems super sus. And JR is looking at him like, mm, I don't know, buddy. Like, I paid you to get your ass out of town. What are you doing here coming to right. me with this bullshit? Right. Yeah. And uh, Walt, said, Walt drops the line that he learned a lot about honesty from JR. And so JR's is also asking some, like, follow-up questions. He's like, 
well, if they want the oil, here's way easier ways they could get it. He he says they could get a pretty cheap, a good price right now from the Arabs. Arabs. Oh my God. Arabs. Did, you, did you write down Arabs too? Like a dash like I did. I did. I mean, oh my God. Is he George Bush? Oh my God. Yeah, spoken like a true. Never mind. Um, Puke looking. Then JR does. He's very diplomatic. He's just like staring him down. He's like, you know what? I appreciate you coming to me with this, but I don't need this kind of deal right now. Hard pass. But maybe another time. Hard pass for now. Hard, hard pass. Right He's going to have that refinery anyway from Mike Hughes because they had a verbal agreement. So he doesn't need right. to unload that oil. I feel like he's also not like saying, get out of my face. Right. Like, I don't think I need this right now. He's taking that card and he's putting it in his back pocket. Right. For a possible revisitation later. Mm -hmm. Save it for a rainy day. Now, Cliff, are you home? It's Mama. Cliff, we got to leave. Cliff, where are you? Yep. Rebecca comes in to pick up Cliff and all she sees is Afton crying. Like there's no tomorrow. And she's like, is Cliff here? And she's like, oh, no, 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 he's gone. She's like, well, where is he? And she's like, I don't know, at the bar? We had a huge <laughs> fight. Maybe he went to the airport. Maybe I'll I'll call. Like, she just calls the airport. Like, like oh, it's her own private. It's a private Wentworth jet, though. Oh, so she calls the private jet. She's, I th- yeah. It sounds like she was calling the airport. And I'm like. No, they have, it's a Wentworth jet. So it's her own, like, private thing because she's super rich. Is my son there? And he's not. No. And then she just kind of looks at Afton and she's like, she's like, you know, like, I know it's hard with him, but she's like, don't give up on him. Hmm. Then she walks out. Wise words, because you you want to give sage advice because you never know when it's the last time you might see somebody. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, Uh, we got to South Park. Only four lights are on, not the whole house. I know. It's really dark. Bobby walks into a dark living room. Right. And he pours himself a drink. Yeah. He, he, feels, he looks all dejected. Mm-hmm. And he's like po- silently pondering at Jack's portrait. Mm-hmm. Por- por- portrait or portrait. portrait. And then we cut to back to Cliff's condo. Ring, ring. Phone wakes up. Cliff, Cliff, is that you? Nope. So she answers it. And it's obviously bad news. But oh, my God. She doesn't get to know the what phone it down. Is. Sounds, she oh, said, my God. Yeah, she says, who is this? Oh, my God. And it runs out. And runs out of the house. So whoever it is, I'm assuming she's going to find them and tell them in person. Whatever was dictated over the news is. phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to Bobby is still in there mm-hmm. drinking. Yeah. And then he uh, walks upstairs like Eeyore into the bedroom. And he's... Hi, Pam. And he sits down in the chair and she's like, yes. She's already fucking pissed. Yeah. She's had a she, shit day. She's, she's judging him from afar. Already. And yeah. he's coming in. He's coming in being Eeyore. He really is. Oh, Pam. And she's like, you look terrible. Basically, he confesses everything that he did. He's like, I did this and this and this. And like, I, and I, you know, I did like stuff. I shit about it. Basically. Yeah, I feel like shit. Well, if you want it. sympathy from me, you're not getting it. And she's like, and, sounds like you fucked around and found out, dude. Except she says it a lot angrier than that. Yeah, yeah. She's she's got wild like, eyes. Ah. He's like, I, I'm not asking for sympathy. I'm just basically like 
telling you what I did and confessing what I did. And she's just like, yes, you are. You're looking for my sympathy and just tell you everything is fine. But it's not. It's not, Bobby. You know where you'll find it, Bobby? Between shit, syphilis, and the dictionary. And she's like, because the Bobby, you are not the Bobby I married. The Bobby I married would rather be dead, which, ouch, than uh, take his mother to court and blackmail someone and do all this stuff. Um, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, and there's only one. And then he's like, yeah, but there are like reasons I did that. And she's like, there's only one reason. And that's so, just so you could be JR. And it's like, yeah, Pam, that's the whole point of all of this. He said that multiple times that it's really important to him that he do that. So and as they are saying this, a car is pulling onto the South Fork soundstage mm-hmm. in the driveway. The soundstage, mind you, because we don't see him drive up the drive. Oh, yes, definitely the soundstage. And then uh, it's Afton, and Afton goes to the door. Teresa answers. I have to see Pam. Quick, it's an emergency. Please, please, please. get comes, Go, go get, Pam. get Pam. I'm guessing it's like 11 at night. Like, it's pretty late. And JR sees her, and he's, like, amused. He's like, Afton? Like, what the fuck are you doing here? You want to roll in my bed again for old time's sake? No. And she's just like, I can't deal with you. She's like ignoring him. Ellie walks in like the whole house is coming in. They're like, what's who is who's here at this hour? Who, 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 yeah. who can that be? I'm, I'm surprised she wasn't in a friggin' nightgown or something. <laughs> Everyone getting out of bed with curlers in their hair. And right, 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 right. And then Bobby <laughs> and Pam walk the, downstairs. A, a, a sleep mask over their eyes. But where's Sue Ellen? Totally. Oh, that's a good point. Where was Sue Ellen? Swelling, hmm. swelling. Swelling. She's probably already asleep. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, in her so then, silk nightgown. Yeah. Afton tells her, like, she's like, something bad happened. And, like, I want to tell you in person. And Bobby's like, spit it out. <laughs> Just tell us. I can't play your guessing games. Come on. Out with it. <laughs> out with it, woman. So then, um, yeah. The Wentworth jet crashed. Oh, my God. And Cliff. Then, Cliff? No. It's your mother, Pam. And then my oh, mother? Shit. freeze frame. My mother and Pam. Freeze frame. Because uh and it's such a scene. scene. And this is a scene that literally pivots the entire season. I feel like the series kind of in a way. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's the season for sure. And At it is kind of like right in the middle is. of the season, too. Yes. You know, did you guys notice, like, spoiler, I guess, maybe, not really, but um, how the significant shit that alters the future always fucking starts with Pam? Huh. I have never thought about that before. I mean, you'd think it would be JR, but it, right. every but shift not. starts with Pam. Somehow. Huh. That's a good point. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> the outside force that married into the Ewing family. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Because remember when the series started, they were the main characters, and JR was, and Sue yep. were supposed to be yep. background. And then they were just way, way more interesting. And they wanted to kill Bobby off after episode five. Yeah. But then they. There would have been no reason. No reason for her back. to stay there. She would have there taken her no money. Reason. You know what? I bet even. I bet they made that decision at, at episode four that they weren't going to kill him off. Because Pam wouldn't have had a miscarriage. 
Right. If they were going to kill. Would have had, she would have been pregnant and stayed there with a the kid if they're going right. to kill Bobby. She would have had the baby to, in order to like. That's why they would have kept her on the ranch. The child. Right. Right. Because right. if she wasn't pregnant, there would have been no reason for her to stay there. Right. And she would have taken whatever Bobby left her in his will, and then, bye bye. Mm-hmm. Pam, I leave you in my will my position of booze, broad, booze, broads, and booty for you and oil. Please, please tend to it wisely. <laughs> so I'm giving this 4.75 bourbons because I thought this was a very important episode. Oh, it was yeah. good. Um, so it's 4.75 bourbons and just a really bad feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do agree with the 4.75. It's, it's a pivot episode. Does the pivot. And I'm going to leave a serious... W- shower washing after Gil Thurman is like delousing. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. I am going to give this four point eight just to break the break the cycle. Oh and, you and a trip to the titty bar. <laughs> oh yeah. To see well, Wendy. Yeah. Actually the what I wrote down was aha cabaret. <laughs> That's what I put in my notes. Nice, when I realized nice. what kind of club it actually was. Because I remember I asked last week, I was like, what is this? Place? Yeah. Is this a strip club, an escort service? Is it like a burlesque theater? What's going on here? Right. Yeah. And I was like, ah, cabaret. Okay. <laughs> to, so to paraphrase uh, Married with Children, instead of where the beer gives you gas and the Bundys kick ass, once again, it's where the beer gives you gas and Bobby kicks ass. Full show. For shizzle cool. and nizzle. Well, next time we'll be talking about season six, episode 18 episode 121 mm. of the series uh requiem and i heard a rumor that uh priscilla pointer's daughter amy irving was on set during that oh, episode that's right that's what you said that's- and we will find out why later okay um in the meantime uh if you haven't checked out our new tiktok yet you should do that um i'm trying to uh, be hip and cool and put stuff on the TikTok. <laughs> the we'll see. Hey, the but TikTok. It, as Huey Lewis said, it's hip to be square. That's right. That's right. Well, it's been my entire life. Um, and uh, <laughs> and I guess we'll just we'll check you next time. Until then, bye. Happy Halloween. <laughs> and don't light it. Don't light any black candles. Y'all come back now. Titty bar. <laughs> Titties. Titty bar. Titties. <laughs> Titties. Boobs are yeah. cool. Yabos. Yabos. Boys. Next on Dallas. matter to you? Anything at all? Well, I didn't tell her to go to Houston. And I wasn't piloting the plane that crashed into her jet. That's so bad for me. Oh, that's so bad for me.